The following podcast is brought to you by the BICBP Radio Network. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Panelversity? Versary? Panelversary. Panelversary. Is that how we're going to word this one today? I like it. I like it. It's not too shabby. Welcome, everybody, to a new episode of the Panel Discussion Podcast, your home for comic book talk right here on the BICBP Radio Network. My name is Matt Johnson, your host, and uh, I'm alongside, as always, Greg Norton. And we are excited to be back with you today, uh, of course. And like we said, it's our anniversary. A little over a year ago today, Greg actually... Came up with the idea of starting this this podcast with myself and Chris Gallo, and our first episode was, you know, we were very different comic book readers back then, I think. Oh, yeah. At least I can attest to that myself. Um, and I was just a less broke comic book reader, because I didn't <laughs> read as many as I did right. now. <laughs> Spend way too much money. I know. Don't we all... Don't we all? But yeah, I mean, things we've come a long way. Our first episode was really cool because we just kind of discussed our our loves and interests of mm-hmm. comic books uh, to kick it off, and then we kind of went from there. It was you know the the show has evolved quite a bit over the oh, last yeah. year, and um, and and yeah, I mean, we used to just go to the store randomly buy a new book and an old book, and and that was kind of our thing. And um, you know, we've we've read. I don't know exactly how many books we've read. I'd like to do the math, but I think it like within a couple months we were at like two hundred something books or something like that. So we could be close to the thousand mark. That's definitely something I'd like to look into. Yeah, for real. But it's been a fun journey, dude. And thanks for like picking me to be a part of you know all this. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad everything worked out this way. Oh yeah, I do. I love it. Where it's come from, where it's went, it's been a journey and it's been fun. Friendships have been forged. Battle lines have been drawn. Battle lines have been drawn. Um, but no, and just some crazy comic book likes and interests. Like I said, my collection has grown a huge amount, and just um, what I read has changed a lot. But also, like it's been, I've watched a lot of people that I know, like that watch this show, start going, "Hey, I'm picking this up. I'm picking this up." I know, um, like my mom. I think went to pick me up an issue of Batman and grabbed a bunch of books for herself. She grabbed the new run of Wonder Woman. And what else did she grab? Oh, she grabbed Powers of X. Oh. And she was just like, yeah, I'm going to start reading these. I was like, okay, cool. Perfect. I mean, that's kind of what we wanted, right? We, yeah. we wanted people to just try stuff, new stuff and with this show. Exactly. And, and yeah, we have talked to a lot of cool people over the last year and, and helped expand their, oh, yeah. their comic book knowledge. So I think I'm most proud of that, to be honest with you. But, um, but yeah, it's been it's been a pretty sweet ride so far. Um, let's see, any news? Well, we haven't recorded since D twenty three. No, we haven't. With Moon Knight dropping, yep. We had the announcement of Kit Harrington being the Black Knight. Yes. Adding to, um, sorry, Moon Knight didn't drop. The announcement of Moon Knight dropped. Whatever I said there. Yeah. Uh, adding to the Eternals, which I really like that, and I hope he's a big big role in it and i kind of find it fun that like they have two game of thrones actors in it um between rob stark and john snow yeah they seem to get the uh the big name at right now i mean they're done with that busy game of thrones schedule so i think it's a it's good timing and he's a that's a really good black knight i was a little nervous because at some point i heard like a rumor like oh he's gonna be moon knight and i was like oh i like him but not not there i think he'll be a good dane whitman um that's struggling with Ooh, am I a bad guy? Am I a good guy? Like, I have this evil sword, but I want to serve for good. And I, I like that. Miss um, Marvel, we're going to get Kamala Khan in TV form, which also I hope means that we are going to get a, a soft reboot of the Inhumans in the MCU. I wouldn't hate that. Because that, that is her, her origin story. She is an Inhuman, so it'll be interesting to see how that ties into the MCU. Um, and then what else did we have? We had She-Hulk. She-Hulk super was super excited about that. And I'm missing one. One, two, three. No, was that right? Moon Knight. Yeah, it was Moon Knight, She-Hulk, uh, Miss Marvel. Miss Marvel. What's there one more? 
There were some cartoons that were added that I'm excited about. Yeah, I think that. Yeah, it was only the three. So yeah, that's that sounds about right. So so I mean, Disney Plus is is looking really uh, is really is even stronger than we originally thought it would be, which is which is cool to you know to hear. And I know Chris, you know our former co-host, you know long awaited a Moon Knight live action. Oh yeah. Of anything, so he's very thrilled, and and a lot of Moon Knight fans have been excited. Kind of hoping for Kiana, like you know, he's been in talks with them for a while, so I feel like he would make sense. Yeah, I think so too, and I think a lot of people. Yeah, I think I think that's kind of where Gallo's leaning too. I could be mistaken. He said Ben Foster as well. Ben Foster, eh, I could see that. Um, I- it'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens. My biggest thing with the Disney Plus shows is this: those live action shows are directly tied into the movies in the MCU. Which is so important. So yeah. what does that mean? I already said, all right, if we get Moon Knight, it's a possibility because we have a few years that Netflix lift will come off. Moon Knight could equal introduction of Punisher or Daredevil. We're already having a Blade movie. We could get Marvel Knights. Yeah, absolutely could. Um, do you think they'll just bridge those Netflix actors and stuff over to the new thing, or do you think they'd reset it? I think they'll bridge them. They're super well cast. They're well liked. It looks like they're going to be taking a, a darker turn with um, these Disney Plus shows, at least with Moon Knight and at Blade included. Yeah. We could get just cameos. I think that would be the best way to do it. Is, is Yeah. I don't want to see them reset anything in, in the MCU as far as characters and actors and all that. I think you just got to go with it. Like, if, for example, um, you know, the big story the last couple of weeks has been the uh, Sony Marvel split. Like, I don't want to see a new Spider-Man you, yeah. in the MCU. You just can't do that. Tom Holland's already been established. Um, if they can eventually renege a deal or buy up Sony, yeah. you have to go with Tom Holland. You yeah. can't just pretend an entire phase of movies, you know, never yeah, happened. Yeah, unless you're going to change to Miles or something. And they might – they're lucky they have that contingent of the multiverse – and with Multiverse's Madness, Doctor Strange, that might be able to rewrite some stuff. Yeah. But I am hoping, like I said, that, that we do get the Netflix shows just kind of tied in. I would love to be watching Moon Knight and see him go to throw one of his uh, his boomerangs and just see a billy club catch it out of the air. <laughs> that would be epic. And then it cut over to Charlie Cox. Like I think <laughs> that would be a great way to introduce him. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Uh, just bring them back into the main fold because mm-hmm. that's what we all wanted, right? We wanted those Netflix guys to be seen with cross promoter with more than yep. just the Netflix people. So, and, and what does that again? What does it mean? Like, what Moon Knight is now going to be part of the official MCU? So, what does that mean for the movies? What does the Inhumans, if they get introduced, mean for the movies? Um, I don't know. Like, I'm already you're already really up in the air with the Eternals. I don't know what. The Eternals will have right. Like what effects they have. It does make me feel like we're leaning more cosmic, or this could be another long game. Eternals could just be setting up for two like, or three a, like years. a Guardians. Like it's With, this second hat, you know, the second parts. Yep, Guardians essentially setting up for the the a Galactus or setting up for something cosmic down the road. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what we get out of that. No, with uh, no, without a doubt, I, I, the Eternals. I think is I'm more, most curious about Net, the Netflix or uh, excuse me, um, who was it? the Disney Plus characters? I, like I, I kind of see where that's going. Yeah. Where the Eternals is really like mystery for myself. So I'm hoping this is my one last like wish is Black Knight, the the Eternals Black Knight's inclusion equals a Black Knight Captain Britain um, Disney Plus show. I'd like that. I think that would be the way to go. I would like that. Yeah, because we are going to see we are going to see a lot of the movie stars, you know, do television and really good television too um, at that. So I, I think that would definitely work. I mean, we're going to see Scarlet Witch go from movie to Disney Plus to... Back to movie. Back to movie, essentially. Which so, I love that. Yeah. So you're, I think we're going to see a lot more of that. With She-Hulk, I, you know, like I, I would imagine we're going to get some Mark Ruffalo Hulk in there. I, I would be so. disappointed if there wasn't. I hope so. And I'm in, again, all of these came with no casting announcements. Right. Zero casting announcements, which makes me very excited to see where it goes. Yeah, which, you know, we, I think we can 
kind of need that. Like that's like that taste that we we want. We want it for Infinity War. We want it for Endgame. Just a little taste, just so we can start discussing yep. things. And you know, people like ourselves who do comic book based podcasts can discuss it. Um, so we definitely got that taste now, which is which is mm-hmm. which is exciting. Um, but yeah, the future of Marvel is I don't know, MC movies is, is looking pretty good. The, the whole universe scale is. It's pretty incredible. Yeah. You know, if you just think about the dynamic that's going into this crossing TV, like a very easy streaming service, yeah. very affordable streaming service. And not too much in the way of DC. The new Titans se- season does look really good. I will say they included a ton of characters in the Titans. Um, but DC is just silent. Yeah. They really didn't announce much. Yeah, we we don't know really any movies outside of Wonder Woman 84. And Wonder I haven't... Woman 84, and we've also got the... Um, Oh my gosh! I keep forgetting the name. The Gotham, Gotham City Sirens. Okay, it's gonna include Roman Sionke, Black Mask, and a couple of those other characters. But it, there's nothing super exciting. And we've got James Wan's The Trench coming out too. But um, it, I don't know. It's not as it's not like a tied universe. It's very I, I don't know. It's lacking, which I'm fine with um, at the moment. Like, don't rush it, but I think it, it does need a reset. It needs something. We'll see what happens. Yeah. I, I am excited for the Joker. The new trailer yes, did look yes, very yes, good. Yes, 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 Very promising. I, yeah, I, I'm liking the idea of, you know, what what's going on with the, the Joker's kind of origin story in this movie. So, I mean, so that's cool. But, yeah, like you said, nothing's connected. As, as long as they're putting out good movies, I, I guess yeah. I'm kind of okay with it. I just want something – This my one beef is like – and we've got Suicide Squad and stuff, but we've got a lot of the same, and we're we're going to try Batman again. We, we might end up trying Superman again down the road. I would love to see something new. Give me a live action like Booster Gold, Blue Beetle. Give me something – even a Nightwing if you want to keep it in the Batman universe – but start trying out some of your other titles that exist like, like they did with Shazam. Yeah. And – Stop sticking to let's let's rehash, rehash, rehash. Even like Green Lantern, like I'm excited for it, but it's a second try. Like try something new and start from there. Um, that's how I feel. I need to, I feel like they need to start smaller. But yeah, I, I that was DC's biggest issues. I think they went they tried to go for that one that like one <laughs> one punch like yeah. that that one big punch like oh, okay Marvel take this. And it just did not hit. Yeah. The, yeah, it's it's unfortunate. But, you know, DC, I mean, they're doing what they do. They excel at the animated stuff. And their comics are killing it. Their, yeah, their, their comics, comics are, books are killing it. That current Batman, Last Night on Earth, is great. We've also got, uh, Batman's got a ton of titles right now. The Return of the the White Knight series, which I really like, which saw Joker turning back into Jack Napier. Um, they just released a second of that. And then there's a really cool Wonder Woman run going on. There's all sorts of really cool runs in the the DC world, in the comic book world. They do, they kill it. The one thing they do, unfortunately, that that they they do better than Marvel is they don't saturate the comic books with with all these little one shots here and there and this. Yeah, Marvel. That's that's one of their weakest points. I think seventeen Spider Man titles right now. It's hard. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to follow that. You know, back. I live by the way comic books were in the 80s and 90s. And while it is cool to offer various stories that appeal to different people with the same character, uh, you know, I like my stuff a little bit more linear. Yeah. You know I what agree. I mean? So, like, back, there was like 400 plus amazing Spider Man issues. You know what I mean? Because they were all followed a linear path. And it worked. I mean, I get it. You can't have amazing Spider Man number 2000. It just looks yeah. funny. But at the same time, like, it's, there's, I don't know. Right now, there's amazing Spider Man. Friendly uh, Neighborhood Spider-Man, Spidey, The Life of Spider-Man, Symbiote Suit Spider-Man, Miles Morales Spider-Man, Ghost Spider. Like, there's a ton of Spider-Man stories. And, okay, two of those are different people. But other than that, that, that's a lot. And that's why I'm kind of like, I like the Fantastic Force line that's going on right now. And and I do like the Venom run that's going on right now. But there is a lot of, like, they they saturate their main characters a lot. Yeah. That's tough because then... It's hard to have um, that connection to a character when they're constantly changing just across six books. But I, they did announce, and I'm going to talk about this because I'm pumped, 
it's not anything super crazy, but October 2nd, there's going to be another Doctor Doom run, and I'm super pumped for that, obviously. Of course. Um, so that I saw that announcement, and it, it looks great. I saw a couple of the panels uncolored, and I'm just really excited. It's a very different art style, um, definitely Jack Kirby-inspired. And I'm I'm really excited to sit down and read that. Obviously, with my love for Doom, so good. Yeah, I know he's one of your favorite characters. So awesome, awesome. All right, I'm ready to do, review some comics. Oh yeah, very good, very very good. Um, what we did today, we kind of did a little bit of a throwback, just a teeny bit of a throwback to how we used to do it. Um, but instead, myself and Greg chose each other's books uh, this week, and we had some uh, we had some fun ones. What both of Greg's were were made like, like the first one I picked, and he'll talk about it in a little bit. I did it with you know just the purest of intentions because <laughs> the character's been name dropped quite a few times on this show. Oh, I'm reading that one second. You're reading that one second? Oh, yeah. Okay, all right. And then the other one, the other one, I just we've talked about it. We wanted to do an episode based on it eventually, and I'm sure we we still will. But yeah, I wanted to get that one out of the way. Ooh, yeah, Battle Lines episode. Yep. <laughs> I have an idea. You have an idea. <laughs> All right. So, um, you know what? I'll kick this one off. I'll kick this one off. Warning. I didn't have pure intentions with Matt. I just wanted to pick the weirdest, like, image comics. Yeah, he knows I go right for Marvel any chance I yeah. get. <laughs> like, both my books he picked for me are Marvel and DC. I went image, and I just – the one is, like, something he would have never picked up any day of the week. The other one's something he probably would have picked up and is super weird, but both are just – like it's me, so get ready to get weird. That's that's it. That's yeah. that's my comic book style. It really is. It really is. Um, so, all right. The very first book is probably the most confusing of my bunch, but it's called "She Could Fly," issue number one by uh, Dark Horse, right? Oh, that one's Dark Horse. Dark Horse. Yeah, not Image. My bad. Oh, you're good. Uh, I went indie. It that's says the... Burger Books on it, though. Mm, burgers. Burgers. Um, and yeah, like I said, it was probably the most confusing. One and starts uh well it's essentially a uh a younger female. She's in high school. She's perhaps walking to school, walking to some appointment or something, and she sees somebody flying up in the air and she kinda goes through like a counseling session and through it she's just kinda has like these dark oh boy, I don't know if they're premonitions or what. But she has really like dark thoughts randomly. Uh, the counselor at one point asks, hey, are you excited to get your license this year? And she gets an image of just killing somebody uh, with a vehicle, hitting them and getting handcuffed and thrown in jail. It's very dark. Um, and you see that too in a little bit. Uh, a couple panels later, she's sitting with her parents. They're watching a baseball game. They live in Chicago. And her mom buys her a cactus, a, a mini cactus, saying they're tough and sturdy like you. And all of a sudden... She takes a bite of the cactus and then goes to attack her mom and, like, rips her eyeball out. It's the weirdest, weirdest thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if they're premonitions because she's like, while she's doing it, you you get these text bubbles that say, you're going, you know, you're going to do this, you are that. And, like, I don't know if it's a voice in her head. Obviously, it's a voice in her head, but um, something, something a little crazy. Then she goes to the basement. She does this weird thing. I'm still not quite sure what she did, but she sticks a pin through her thumb and sticks it on. It's it's so it's so weird. Uh, there's a little bit of a sex scene coming up. It's very random <laughs> and a little disturbing. Not too disturbing, but a little disturbing. <laughs> this dude's mustache is killer. Uh, I'm not going to lie, but he appears to be some kind of agent of some sort. Um, then it cuts back to the girl and her her family, and her dad wakes up, and he runs downstairs with a baseball bat, and his mom is just sitting on the f- ground. Uh, apparently, she had disappeared for seven years, and this and that. There's like there's a lot of chaotic stuff. She goes back to her psychologist, um, the main girl. Uh, what is, oh, I, forget, I forgot her name. Forgive me. Um, Luna. Luna, excuse me. Uh, she goes to her guidance counselor who's freaking out because she backed over her cat in the morning. And while she's looking at, Luna's looking at her counselor, she sees the image of the dead cat with a giant slit in its head and its eyeball popping out. 
And it's just, it's really messed up. You can tell this girl is like psych, a little psychologically damaged <laughs> just a little bit or something really cool is, is on the way, essentially. So, oh man, it gets really violent. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's, but, uh, <laughs> she, I don't know, she, she's like looking at her parents and, and her grandma, they're both like just... At night, it's, I think it, I would imagine it's another vision. But her grandma's just sitting on on a, on the floor. She's like a bloody skeleton. Her parents are laying in bed, bloody skeletons, and she just let, leaves a note that says, "Sorry, I was bad," and and kind of takes off and just yeah, just absolutely wild. And and you said you you read some future issues too, correct? Yeah, and one of the things I don't know if you caught in the beginning there is when she sees the woman flying. If you really look in the one panel, she explodes. The woman flying <laughs> blows up. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I don't know if you got that. I did not. Yeah, she blows up. <laughs> so I mean, like, I'm I'm a little weirded out. That's the whole. <laughs> that was the whole point, point. of it. Uh, very confused um, as to it, but in a good way. Like, very curious. I mean, this is a good way to start off. Oh yeah. A series is to just confuse the shit out of people. And so. Two tidbits. So this is written by if if anyone ever watched Halt and Catch Fire on AMC or is currently watching it, um, it's a really critically acclaimed show. This is the same writer. Okay. And because of that, AMC has now picked She Could Fly Up as a TV show. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, as of July. So and there is a second series of comic books that are already out. This first run is one through four, and then I think the second one's still going. Um, but yeah, so it's interesting. To see how this this would translate to a TV show, because then it'll get real confusing. <laughs> <laughs> I take it. Yeah, that, I mean, this is yeah that it would be kind of like mind blowing, like Lost. You just kind of don't know what's yep. going on, but you know what's going on at the same time. Yeah, one of those sort of things. But um, let me rate it for you in our traditional way, out of art, action, story, dialogue, and rereadability. I'm going to go with the artwork first. It's uh. Artwork's not terrible by any means, and it's got a semi-realistic feel to it. Uh, very gory. It does not hold back from that. Um, so I'm going to actually, the art is probably one of the stronger points. I'm going to give the artwork a nine in this book. Um, action. Very minimal action in this. Definitely not its strong suits. Uh, not any action really involves through very brief panels. Very minimum. I'm going to give it a four in the action department story i'm hooked like i said confusing and obviously it's a part of a bigger story um and it was just wild you, you kind of want to know what's going on i mean there's there's confusing good and there's confusing bad and this is on the confusing good side of things i'm going to give the story an eight dialogue dialogue there's quite a bit and even some of the like the inside voices like bubbles too that that helped went a long way um definitely helped push the story and the dialogue was really relatively easy and and you know easy to follow and you kind of get a grasp of this girl's world um luna's world essentially what's going on in her brain so i'm gonna give that an eight and rereadability would i pick this book up again yes i would uh and continue on through and through i'm gonna give it an eight on that giving it a 37 out of 50 for she can fly number one, so actually, I mean it was a great choice, Greg. Oh yeah, I was yeah very surprised. I had to read it twice to even think. All right, so Greg shows up. We actually I did it. We didn't even know how we were gonna do this episode today. <laughs> I was like, Greg, you want to go at eleven? Yeah, let's go at eleven. And I'm like, I sent. Uh, sometimes me and Greg do it over the phone and um, well, over the computer. And I was like, Greg, hold on, you know, I'm sending you this. Uh, I, let me just reread this book one more time to get a grasp of it. And then he just shows up. <laughs> he just shows up. He's like, Oh, we didn't clarify it, which we didn't. And I had to ask him like, so did you, you know, what, what's going on in this book? I really don't know. And he goes, neither do I. It's perfect. So that's, that's pretty much how this book, uh, came to be. So, so yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty funny how everything came about this morning. But, all right. 37 out of 50 for She Can Not Fly, bad. number one. I'll and take it. It is Dark Horse, by the way. I did confirm it's Dark Horse. Okay. Um, I'm going to get into mine. It is Marvel book. It is 1985's The Thing. Super excited. Um, 
because I love the thing. And it is issue number 29. I just love the Fantastic Four, like, as a whole. Doom, Fantastic Four, I love all of it. Thing is one of my other favorite characters. Um, but this is even better. Because <laughs> it starts with Thing in a wrestling ring. Um, that rhymes. Thing in a ring. Uh, beating up a caveman. And... <laughs> And then it cuts over, and he's actually on a talk show with Vince McKay. Mr. McKay, he calls him, which I love. That little subtle, subtle nod. Subtle nod. Um, and he's in an interview talking about un- Unlimited Class Wrestling Federation, where Thing is currently 8-0, undefeated. Um, and they're just going back, and they're talking about his time with the Fantastic Four. And he he's actually like, I'm done with them. I'm a wrestler now. That's it. And there's this guy kind of watching in the back just talking about the thing like oh like you're not a real wrestler like i'm i'm what's wrestling and he throws his uh he looks a little bit like doc ock i thought but he throws his glass at the the window or at the tv and he ends up actually calling in um his name is gator he was the champion of the other wrestling federation before unlimited class showed up um and he actually starts like calling in like calling out the thing and i love it because again it's another like nod um, his name is Gator Grant, by the way, but Mr. McKay starts like riling him up, telling him he's nothing. He's nobody. And like, he, cause he knows what he's doing. He's trying to like make good TV and, and, um, get him to kind of like come What does Mr. McKay thing. look like? Does he kind of look like Vince or? No, he's like just, he, he, is, he actually does, but he's blonde. Like that's the difference. Really? Okay. Looks like a young Vince, but blonde. Um, and Gator I actually thought this was interesting because this is 85, so this is before this was like a big thing. Gator's not allowed to wrestle anymore because he has too many head injuries. So he's actually like concussion protocol, which like now if you watch wrestling, that's like common. Like that's Wrestling like, or anything. Yeah, or concussion anything. wasn't a big deal. I, like I don't – yeah, just to allude to that, I don't They're remember. like any- if you get another hit in the head, you, you, you could die. Yeah. I thought that was really – I was like, oh, wow. Like that's not like a common theme, but – No. Um. But Thing actually is trying to like talk McKay down. He's like, "Cut it out! Like I know what you're doing." Like, um, and Gator actually like kicks his TV and knocks all of his own stuff down, uh, all of his trophies down. And it cuts over to the Thing training with Vance, who's actually um, psychokinetic, and he's holding the punching bag back so Thing could hit it harder. Um, <laughs> it's which is awesome. That's so cool. But Van, like he's like, come on, use your powers. He's like, I'm not that strong. And Thing actually punches the punching bag and breaks it. Um, and Vance is pretty impressed. But they hear something going on upstairs, and the commissioner um, is actually has Gator in the office, and Gator is just throwing stuff, like throwing chairs, demanding to wrestle the Thing. And they're like, no, you you can't. And Thing like is trying to be easy on him because he doesn't want to hurt him. And Vance actually like throws him out of the door with his powers, <laughs> and Thing's pretty impressed. Um, and Gator is actually from the swamps. Like he's from, uh, Louisiana and New Orleans and he finds this like voodoo lady and she wants, she gives him a potion to turn him into like a real wrestling champ. Right. And you know, thing is things going back to talking to Vance and Vance is like giving him a massage. Uh, and he's in a tag team match with the New Jersey devil uh, blacksmith, a whole bunch of people, and it's a six-man tag, which is pretty <laughs> awesome. Uh, they definitely did their homework, and Thing gets the hot tag, and right as he's about to go off, Gator actually like strips his coat off, shows up, and he's like covered in green skin now, and starts just beating everyone down. and And Thing's trying to protect him, um, but Gate because he's like worried about Gator's head, but Gator's actually stronger than he used to be, and like. Uh, but he starts fighting the Jersey Devil, who's actually this like fat guy in this a, a Daredevil singlet, <laughs> um, which is pretty great. And the more that they actually like are getting the upper hand on him, but the more they beat him, the more he starts to transform, and then he starts to get stronger. Oh, that, here's the other one, Swami Reba, who's just a Swami. Oh, there's yep. some cool gimmicks in here. Oh yeah, there's like a mohawk dude, generic mohawk man, the blacksmith. This sounds like that kaiju big battle. Yeah, exactly. What it is. And Gator, like his hair is gone now, and he's like turning into a gator, just beating them all down. But Thing starts to help him, so they they team up. Um, but then he th- and he throws Thing out of the ring, and he's like 
I need your help. Like something's crazy. Something's going on. And they go outside and Gator actually turns into a, a gator. <laughs> what the, <laughs> the thing sticks him in his motorcycle and drives away and comes back. And they raise things hand and they're like, you must, he, everyone's like, oh, you must have beat Gator. He is the greatest wrestler. Um, for a while, they started to think Gator. And he's like, well, what's going on with Gator? And it cuts over and Gator gets to become the Gator and will wrestle for the plenty of years to come. And he's just a Gator in a zoo wrestling another Gator. <laughs> <laughs> that is a humorous ending. What a weird book. <laughs> weird too. Like, it's really good. <laughs> All of our books are weird today, actually. Yeah. Um, I, I, it was a ton of fun. I'm gonna I'm gonna grade it. It's 1985 artwork. It's it's a six solid artwork. Action. I love the wrestling and I love the just the nods to. They definitely watched the WWF at the time and watched and that. That you know at that time it was really booming. I mean, first yeah. WrestleMania was probably I think that year too. Yeah, so, 85. So they they're like okay, we can we can start to do this. I think I don't know if that was the first appearance of. Unlimited class? I don't think so. I don't know, but... Because he least... had wrestled here before, I think, before this. I don't yeah. remember when the Armadillo happened. Yeah, the, the Armadillo and uh, Cap, I yeah. think, was a thing, too. So, so yeah. there was, But it was definitely taking advantage of the popularity of wrestling at the time. I really think there needs to full, be a full series on Unlimited class wrestling. I, I, I think it would be a ton of fun. There's like an image comic book called Ringside, but... It, it's weird. It's got a weird storyline, and it doesn't acknowledge that what wrestling is as much. Um, it reads more like a boxing book in a lot of ways, in my opinion. But anyway, the action is an eight. It's solid. They were stomping a mud hole on Gator. They're throwing him off the ropes and hitting him with back elbows. I'm all about it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, action's an eight. Story. Story. This is a solid storyline. Good payoff. Good build up. There was some heat. <laughs> Big old hot tag. Big old hot tag. Big old hot tag. And then there was a turn. There was a baby face turn by Gator. Um, I'm gonna give it a seven. <laughs> Surprisingly solid dialogue uh, for the '80s. It was it was really good. I love the subtle the subtlety though. As much as this was a goofy story, there was a lot of stuff going on. Um, in the background with a thing with why he left the Fantastic Four with um, he had found a lady he really cared about a girl that he had fallen in love with and, and she disappeared and there was a lot of these little things as well as like things personality showing through protecting Gator like no like he's hurt like he can't he's trying to help him in the end um, and, and I love that because he is just this big soft heart and this big hard exterior and that's one of the reasons I like him so much so that's an 8 um, rereadability is a 10 that's easy. This is something I'm going to be sharing with my comic book wrestling friends if they've never read this book before. This is something I'll definitely read over just to give myself a chuckle. Um, this is also something I'm going to be trying to come up with an idea for because <laughs> I really think there should be unlimited class wrestling book. I think so too. we uh, got to get this idea going. I would read it. I would – Disney Plus, Glow is a big thing. Yeah. Oh, my God. Could you imagine? Give me an animated unlimited class wrestling. Not even live action. Animated. I'll take it. Bro. <laughs> I want that. <laughs> I would watch it. I would watch it a hundred times. Like I even if it's just a quick like ten episode run and that's the end of that cartoon. Yeah. It's gotta be like I, I don't want like ma- too many mainstream characters. No. I want some really obscure ones. Yeah. Like the the arm that armadillo dude and, and Hey, if you do this show though. And then that's how you inter- – or you do an episode with Unlimited Class, and that's how the thing gets introduced. Like Disney Plus, you bring back Luke Cage or something and Iron Fist. Yeah. You do a Defenders, and they end up in this Unlimited Class wrestling. Like, what the heck is this? And the thing comes out, and that's how we get the first like shot of Fantastic Four. I would eat that up. <laughs> I don't know what my overall score was because I got excited. I was adding it up, and uh, <laughs> I know the first two is a six – there was a six, eight, and uh, you did a ten in there. There was a seven, eight, and a ten. I think seven, eight. You had a six. We'll, we'll go really good. Really good. We're gonna go really. I think good. it was like forty-five. Yeah, forty-three. Let's go with I, was, I got, I got really into listening to you talk about it. I was just like, oh shoot, I haven't been adding up the score at all. I got up to twenty-one, and that was it. One uh, year, and we're still a well-oiled machine. <laughs> you could put it that way. You could definitely put it that way. Um, 
Very good. All right. So my next book is uh, – I really, really enjoyed this one. This is probably my favorite book out of all the ones that Greg, uh, Greg sent me today. It was the most metal book I've ever read. It is called Murder Falcon. Uh, issue number one from Image Comics, and 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 yeah, I mean it's it had like this Metalocalypse vibe to it. I guess it was pretty uh, it was pretty zany, and um, <laughs> I did not know what to expect uh, when he sent me Murder Falcon. But uh, this thing, yeah, this is the most metal comic book that I've ever. Uh, I've ever read. Starts off in the middle of a city, and there's a giant monster kind of in the middle of it. Um, there's a tank, and they're trying to come and attack this monster. The mo- uh, the monster just destroys the tank, no problem. Then, uh, then this dude, who's the main hero of this story, Jake, he just shows up in a van, slams on his brakes, and comes out, and hair blowing all up in the wind. Um, and he he just stands in front of this giant monster, pointing his finger at uh, pointing his finger at the monster, and then he pulls out a guitar. And, and like I said, at this point, I have no idea what the hell is going on, like no idea in the slightest. This cop's like, "What are you going to do?" And and he's like, "You don't even have any weapons." And Jake just goes, "I don't need weapons, officer. I brought metal." <laughs> It's actually probably more so. Remember the uh, the Dexter's Laboratory cartoon with the three superheroes? Valhalla. Yeah. That's <laughs> what it reminds me of. But he starts playing his guitar, and this falcon, this giant man falcon, this muscular man falcon with a bionic arm just shows up. And he just goes, hello, Jake. And he goes, are you ready? And what happens with this this murder falcon? <laughs> Is Jake plays the guitar and it actually gives him strength, and, <laughs> and it's really cool because in a very quick like a page or two they do a flashback, and you know they they just kind of show how it came about even though it wasn't anything really special but he's you know he was in a band he is he broke up with his band and he went home and his guitar was all messed up uh, and this alien creature just comes and. Uh, this alien creature's in his apartment trying to attack him, and he picks up his guitar to defend himself, and the, metal fa- the, the murder falcon just shows up. He just goes, my name is Murder Falcon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, they kind of show his origin story, but yeah, the harder and better he plays the guitar, the, the more powerful that Murder Falcon becomes. <laughs> so they show that that scene, and they discuss it, and it, you know, he's saying that there's a bunch of Music, like, I get what's the way to describe it? There's, there's a bunch of, uh, like, anim- murder animals, I guess, connected with instruments, and he just happened to be, you know, connected with the murder falcon. So they eventually just defeat this monster. You know, they, they cut back to the present time. They defeat this monster. They're just kind of driving around in their van and, and just hanging out and talking and, and uh, yeah, just listening to music. It was... Yeah, it was interesting. <laughs> in the van, this giant alien is just like standing in this lake that they're sitting in, and uh... <laughs> the murder falcon's just like, "We got to go do this," and uh, he just goes start shredding, <laughs> and that's how the first book ends. <laughs> this book honestly might get a perfect perfect score for me. So good. The uh, the we'll start with the artwork, and uh, oh, I'm just blown away, just blown away. It, it's you know you could tell it's, it's definitely like a, a goofier style. It's a little bit more simplistic. And the guy actually, if you buzz his head, he almost looks like uh, Bobby Hill. Oh my gosh, he Hill, does, uh, which is kind of humorous. But um, yeah, the, I mean the art's relatively simplistic in nature. I'm gonna give it uh, you know the, the art. I'm gonna give it nine. It's gonna get close to a perfect score. I can tell you that. The action, ten. Uh, without a doubt, there's nothing cooler than a murder falcon that's summoned by the power of a guitar. Of metal. Of metal. Story, uh, wild, zany, near eh, near perfect. I'm going to go a nine on that. The uh, dialogue, so good. 
That's a strong point for it. 10, and then the rereadability is a 10 as well. 48 out of 50 for <laughs> Murder Falcon number one. Go check it out if you haven't already. That is That was my favorite of the two today, undoubtedly so. And if you're in, like a, a metal fan, like if you like metal music, the variant covers for this are unreal. There's an Iron Maiden a variant. There's a Van Halen variant. Um, oh, man, there's a bunch there's a, a beatles variant randomly it's are you just, serious it's an abbey road and it's like murder falcon walking across the street i love that um it's really cool and there's some other like they have skybound is the producer that uh from image and they have some weird stuff there's like space mullet and and, and image is weird that's just what their comics do they have these like just wacky zany stuff they have some pretty serious stuff um i originally was gonna go with Spawn, and I was like, ah, we know Spawn. Let's go Murder Falcon. I love Murder Falcon. I read this. <laughs> yeah, I don't think too many people know who Murder Falcon is, oh, and I'm very, I'm very happy that you picked this. It's very much that like '80s like bro force style. Yes. Um, and and I love it. Like we said it before we started recording, like Metalocalypse or Adult Swim esque. That Adult Swim esque take on metal. Yeah, you have to do a lot of drugs to really kind yeah. of understand what's going on, but. But you can get by without doing it. Metalocalypse, Tenacious D, um, Venture Bros. Like, it's that yeah. kind of take on the 80s. Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> and I love it. <laughs> I guess I should read my next book, huh? Yeah. It's our last one for uh, yeah for the panelversary. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> I'm really excited about this. Let well, me give a, bit, a little bit of a background. All right. I'm not going to spoil the character, but he has been mentioned on a, a few, quite a few of our episodes that we've done so far. And he comes from a really good rogues gallery. And I looked very, very hard for the select uh, villain that was... This is probably his best storyline oh, ever. The other books that I looked at, it was like a panel here, panel there. Never a, like a full-on story. So I ate this book up. I was like, Greg, you have to read this book. It's just... It worked very well, and I think uh, I think the, I think the listeners will enjoy the villain for this one. So, so this is from Birds of Prey, nineteen ninety nine, and it has three of my like really like three eh, two of my top favorite. I like Robin; he's not my favorite. I like Nightwing a lot. Um, he is involved in this book as well, though. But Black Canary and Blue Beetle, specifically Ted Cord's Blue Beetle, are like really in the top of my DC characters, um, and it is Robin. Blue Beetle and Black Canary all together. Red, Black, and Blue is the name of the book. And I, I really I was really pumped by that. When you originally said, oh, you're going to read Birds of Prey, I'm expecting, like, there's a there's a book in Birds of Prey where Oracle, who's also one of my favorite characters, in is paralyzed from the waist down in a submarine and still beats the crap out of everyone in this submarine while it's drown like, while it's, she's drowning, like, while it's filling with water. Yeah. Um, and that was totally what I was expecting. <laughs> Not what I got. <laughs> no, not even in the slightest. It starts with the uh, the three of them actually going to fight this character called Genome, who what he does is he takes powers from other animals and he literally looks like the um oh my gosh, the violator from Spawn in this panel. A hundred percent looks like the violator. Uh and they're fighting him around this fountain and it's just comical, great nineties like superhero goofiness. And I love it. And then, so they're trying to, like, hit him with this, like, antidote they have. Uh, Beetle goes to shoot, and he he hits, like, the hard hide and then gets hit. So the next vial falls out of his, his hand. Robin goes to pick it up, and Canary actually, like, uses her cry. And the panel's actually really cool. Um, and they hit him with the, the vial. And it cuts over to Oracle. And she's like, so I have another like they're rounding up a breakout from Arkham Asylum. Some animal themed people. You get like a super like a panel of Superman flying someone back. The Lantern flying someone back, caught in a cage. Um, and they're really like quick cameos. You get Martian Manhunter, uh, and they've caught like all these different animals. But there's still someone loose, and his name is the Condiment King. <laughs> <laughs> They're all laughing over the Condiment King. Uh, and actually, the original Robin, Dick Grayson, and Barbara Gordon, um, Batwoman, or Batgirl, actually had taken down the Condiment King. And he was just some guy who went crazy and made his own secret sauce. Um, 
I love this. Like the Riddler's got Riddlers, the po- Poison Ivy's got plants, but the Condiment King, well, he's got condiments, <laughs> <laughs> and it just shows like him getting knocked out by the two of them and getting put back into prison. Um, but currently, there's something going on at the mall. Uh, there's a quick back and forth actually with with Barbara and Dick, um, and it gets unweird for a second. She's actually crying, like knowing Dick actually had killed the the Joker, um, and she's trying to reach out to him. She's like, "You remember what happened to the Condiment King?" She's like, "I kind of forgot about him, but I'll never forget that night." So you know, they did the thing, uh, <laughs> and she's telling him she loves him, and it's just he's just laying in bed in the Nightwing suit. Um, and then it cuts back over to the bug flying over this mall, um, and they're looking for the condiment king. And they mentioned that a lot of these people were affected by the Joker gas, which increases their personalities. Hmm. Um, and they crash through thinking they spotted the condiment king, but it's a lady that works at Wiener World <laughs> attached to a barrel that says mean mustard. <laughs> and they turn around. <laughs> And Condiment King is there, and he blasts the beetle, or he blasts Blue Beetle with mustard. <laughs> Gosh, Robin with ketchup <laughs> and Canary with relish. And um, he's like, "It's my own special brand, brought to you by the courtesy of the Condiment King." And he's in this new suit, and his he's got a crown, like a Burger King crown, in the shape of the again, it looks like the bat symbol. And he's in like a Batman suit with his utility belt with. Let's see if I can read stuff. It's got soy sauce, ketchup, mustard, relish, mayo. Um, and he's like, they. Uh, while he was in prison, he talks about how he he, <laughs> he worked in the kitchen um, as for therapy. And they let him work on recipes. And everyone's idiots. And he hit them with like super spicy sauce at the, the, the edge. And like actually he's forcing them an anaphylactic shock, which is pretty crazy. It's a little intense, yes. Um and you find out he actually increased his recipes because he met Poison Ivy. <laughs> and Poison Ivy gave him all these like crazy plants to use. Um, and he's like, you guys are going to – he's going to relish every second until <laughs> his mustard bomb goes off. Like, Get it? <laughs> relish? <laughs> I'm so glad I picked this book. And Blue Beetle um, actually dives away from the Condiment King into an <laughs> – into an ice cream stand and starts just covering himself in milk. <laughs> uh, and, oh, I love it. He looks, he's like, you feel your throat closing. That's the flavor of death. Uh, and blue beetle comes back and yells, got milk and starts shooting him with a milk cannon that he made. Oh dear God. Uh, and there's like a girl with like a Powerpuff girl shirt on and, Girl, another girl with a Batman shirt holding his the milk jug for him. He's like, I eat a lot of Tex-Mex. It's fire only milk will put out. So drink a... And it actually like has made the Condiment King dizzy. And he starts like... He make, throws two of the tubes over to, to Robin. <laughs> and, and Black Canary. And they're covering themselves in milk now. And he's like, it'll ruin the poor spray in your eyes. It'll get rid of the, the burn. He's like... When are we going to learn the goofier are, the more dangerous they are? Um, and she actually get he actually got knocked out by Beetle too. I forgot to mention he's got like where Batman has his ears, he has salt and pepper shakers attached, <laughs> and so you know so when he gets punched, there's like salt and pepper everywhere. <laughs> um, <sighs> Blue Beetle has to run over and actually start taking care of the bomb and they're like mustard gas like you realize like mustard gas killed thousands like that's serious and they're like oh yeah i guess so so he actually has to attach it to the bug and it blows up in midair um and then it ends with this just sad scene of like dick trying to or dick and barbara talking totally switches moods and he's just like i disgraced both uniforms and i killed the joker he's like um no more surprises. Don't make me sorry. I put an elevator in here and just her sitting in a wheelchair with a sign that says the end, which is sad. Mm. <laughs> that is a, it took a sharp turn. But it's such a good book. Um, easy, fi- perfect score. Yeah. I really like that. Yes. It was a ton of fun. Yes. It, it was what 90s books should be. 
Uh, it reminded me of like a 90s cartoon. And they made the Condiment King somewhat, you know, terrifying for a second there. A little bit. I mean, it's hard to do, but they but, did a good job. Anaphylactic so- shock is no joke. <laughs> no. no and mustard gas is no joke. No. <laughs> but he's isn't. definitely a joke. <laughs> and I love it. And I love these characters. I love their personalities. It was a It was a good crew to pick to go after this guy. The only other person I might have added was Plastic Man. Yeah. Um, but it was fun. It was, and I liked the serious dips into it and all the goofy playful banter back and forth um and just his suit it's good it was i really liked this book um this is this made me feel like a kid reading this and both of those books i definitely felt like a little kid reading comic books again which normally if you can tell by what i picked from matt isn't my normal style so i liked that a lot um yeah so perfect 50 for me awesome awesome yeah dude i tried a couple different like stories and there was a Robin book that only had him in for like a, a page or two and this and that. That was the best one. So I'm glad we got to do that. So there's like the calendar guy. Like there's some weird Batman villain. We're going to have to do an episode based on that. Like his weird villains in general. Just yeah. his bad rogues gallery. Yes, his awful. The, the worst of the worst. Though the Hatter was bad at one point. Now it's like one of his coolest in my opinion. As yeah, well. I have, I have seen it. Because of like brain, change. mind control. Which is good. You kind of have to adapt. A lot of Batman's like classic villains like that. Like 66 comic, villains. 66, yeah. like classic Penguin. Like those guys won't work today. No. You have to put a darker, you know, yeah. a darker spin on them. But awesome, awesome. That does it for our anniversary, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Next week, we bring back Battle Lines me, myself, and Greg are going to be uh, selecting our own Suicide Squads, yep. respectively, and putting them head-to-head, which you will be able to vote on via our Facebook page. So if you don't like our Facebook page, please go find it. Uh, not too hard to find. Just type in the panel discussion, and you will uh, you'll have it up. Oh, yeah. uh, we'll have polls ready to go, and the winner gets to take home the Infinity Gauntlet until the next Battle Lines. So there you have it, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the panel discussion, and we will talk to you next week.